been reading books of old, the legends and the myths, Achilles and his gold, Achilles and his gifts, Spider-Man's control, and Batman with his fist. And clearly I don't see myself upon that list But she said, where'd you wanna go? How much you wanna risk? I'm not looking for somebody with some superhuman gifts Some superhero, some fairy tale bliss Just something I can turn to, somebody I can kiss I want something just like this So I want you to think for just a second, if you were a superhero, what kind of power would you want to have? We all, believe it or not, have superhero capacities, and that's why I'm really excited about the superhero that we're going to look at today. His name is Batman, and I will confess to you that prior to getting ready for this message series, I knew like negative amounts of information around the superheroes, but it's been fascinating to study them, and and Batman is so cool, Uh, even though there's like this eternal feud apparently going on between Batman fans and Superman fans about who's better. Today we're going to we're just going to talk about Batman and then we're going to compare how his qualities and his ideals remind us of someone else that we are called to follow. So I don't want you to leave today and say, "Oh, the preacher said we should go be like Batman." I mean, yes, I want us to to look at Batman and the way that he lived his life, but we believe that there's something something bigger that Batman points us to a faith ideal that we can hold on to. There are things in our culture and in our society that are so relevant to us today, and and superheroes are some of those things. So that's why we're doing a message series on them. One of the powerful things about Batman is he didn't have magical, mystical superhero powers. Like, he didn't make himself invisible, you know, like closing his eyes and and wishing himself away, and and he didn't fly. Um, I don't think. Did Batman fly? See, this is where I start getting in trouble when I start talking about these things that are not, that are extemporaneous and not written out. Uh, But Batman, he did not have any magical powers. He was imperfectly perfect. Think about that for just a second. Batman was imperfectly perfect. And so we can aspire to do the same things that he emulates for us in our lives today. But more than that, there's this other person that was not imperfectly perfect, that was actually perfect but came and walked among us a couple of thousand years ago. And, and even if you don't buy the whole Jesus-God story, the story changed history. So I'd invite you just to look at the way today that he lived his life. We're going to compare it to Batman, and we're going to see what we can learn from it. Because whether or not we buy into the whole Jesus story, if we would take the way that he lived his life, if we would take the way that He loved people if we would take the way that he let all of the actions around him and in him be part of his defining moment. 
then I believe we can walk out of this place and regardless of where we find ourselves in our own journeys, whether today you come here and you are on top of the mountain and life is just amazing and you feel like you're knocking it out of the park every time you you try to accomplish something, whether you're there in life or whether you feel like you're in the middle of this waiting place, you're like in the eye of the storm, nothing real bad is happening, but you just came through some bad stuff and you know probably it isn't over yet. You're, you're in the season of waiting in life or maybe you're in the middle of the storm. Maybe you just feel like life is overwhelming you. I had two phone calls this morning just before worship telling me that they just felt overwhelmed and would I, would I pray for them? I said, absolutely. So I was reminded this morning of just the importance of this message that I don't think I have for you, but I hope the Holy Spirit has for us, that sometimes in life, or or actually all the time in life, we're going to find ourselves in one of those three places, the great place, the waiting place, or the difficult place, in the middle, in, in just absolutely the middle of the waves of the storm. And we've been given this promise of God's faithfulness and God's power and God's strength and God's peace. And it it carries us in and through all things. Defining moments are big deals. Sometimes when we encounter them, we know that that's what it is. We know, okay, what is happening to me right now in this moment is and is going to be a defining moment for me in my life. But then there are other times that things happen to us that are big things and perhaps we don't in the moment really process and understand, my goodness, this is and is going to be a defining moment and it's going to shape me forever. This morning as we prepare to watch a clip from Batman when he defines a a superhero, and it's a definition of a superhero I want us to hold on to today, I want you to think about for just a minute what has been or is for you a defining moment in your life. If you're lucky and you haven't had one, that I would just invite you to just in a few moments of silence give thanks. But I want us to look at and dive deep this morning into what it means to live out our defining moments and how, as followers of Christ, we can allow them not to define us, but instead we define our defining moments regardless of how monstrous they may seem. Take a look at this clip from Batman.
no way this bomb will be stopped. What are you doing? Protection from the blast. We're gonna be all right. Double time. Go. An atom bomb. You think they need to hear that right now? You want to let them die without hope? Come on. Prepare yourself. My father's work is done. What are you doing? I can get it out over the bay. Set it to fly out over the water with a jet. No autopilot. Gone anywhere, did anything, but you came back here. So did you. I guess we're both suckers. I never cared who you were, and you were right. But shouldn't the people know the hero who saved them? A hero can be anyone, even a man doing something as simple and reassuring as putting a coat around a young boy's shoulders to let him know the world hadn't ended. beautiful city and a brilliant people rising from this abyss. I see the lives for which I lay down my life, peaceful, useful, prosperous, and happy. So Bruce Wayne is the human underneath the bat mask. 
And he had a defining moment when he was eight years old. He was coming out of a movie theater with his parents, and he watched them be murdered. The commissioner, James Gordon, that you see there in that clip, and you also see the flashback to the man with the little boy, that was the commissioner. He was present when Bruce Wayne witnessed the murder of his parents. And he took a coat and he placed it around the little boy's shoulders. That was a defining moment, that whole experience for Bruce Wayne and his alter ego, Batman. So Bruce or Batman took this experience, this defining moment, this tragedy, and he let it shape him. We all do that. We all allow the events and the circumstances of our lives to shape us. Even if we know that we're doing it, even if we are intentionally processing it, or if we aren't, the things that happen to us and around us, they infiltrate us. They shape us into who we are. So this morning, for just a few moments, I want us to think about, very intentionally, what our defining moment or moments, sometimes we're lucky enough to have more than one, have been or are or perhaps could be. And what do we do with them? Because Batman shows us, even if it's in a fictional world, what we can do with tragedy. And then someone else named Jesus shows us the exact same things, except this time, times infinity. Batman lived by a few tenets that are also carried out through the life of Jesus. The first of all, first of all, he devoted himself and his life to an ideal. Bruce Wayne had an ideal. He had seen injustice happen. He had felt the pain of anger and hate. And so he used that and some limitless resources financially that he inherited from his family, this genius-level intellect that he had, and this savvy crime-fighting, just innate ability that he had. And he, he took all three of those things and he wove them together to create this alter-ego Batman to fight injustice everywhere. So his ideal was to fight anger and hate. And he did it by helping those and caring for those and saving those who couldn't or for whatever reason wouldn't save themselves. In the clip that we just saw, he saves, you know, humanity. That was an atomic bomb, and it was going to just annihilate the whole city. But he sacrifices himself. He figures out a way to get the bomb on his bat helicopter, and he flies away, and he drops it in the sea 
so he can save everyone. Who else does that remind us of in another time and space? Bruce Wayne, Batman, he also has this just unique way of taking firmness and compassion and kindness and using all three together to work towards this ideal that he had, which was humanity being in love and at peace. And he did all this with great humility. So those are the principles or the tenets that define the life of Batman. But we're a church, I'm a preacher. I want us to be true to who we are. Let's take those things and now I want you to hear those tenets in light of this. So Jesus had been hanging out with his, his closest friends and followers, the disciples, and they had seen the amazing things that he was doing, healing people and, you know, feeding people. He was just making an impact everywhere he went. He had created all this ruckus around him and, and people were falling deeply in love with him and and his mission. He was bringing about change and justice in society. Two of the disciples, two of his closest friends, they were really enamored with all that had happened and and this kingdom of God that they knew they were living into right then but also was going to come in the in the afterlife and they were a little a little obsessed about power and and prestige. And so they asked Jesus, hey, in this, in this next part of our life, the life that is not here, but the life that is eternal in the kingdom of God, can we like, can we be the top dogs? Can we sit beside you like on your right and your left? That's what we really want. Will you give us whatever we want? Because that's it. Like we want to be your peeps. And then Jesus says this. Jesus called them to him and said, You know that among the Gentiles, and those would have been the people that weren't the Jews, those whom they recognize as their rulers, their rulers, they lord it over them. And their great ones, their ones in power, the ones that have the titles and the prestige, you know what they do? They lord it over them. But it isn't so among you. Whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be last of all and slave of all. For the Son of Man, he was referencing himself, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to give his life for ransom for many. Our defining moments challenge us in ways probably when they happen we can never even fully imagine. It would be very easy to take the difficult hurdles or potholes or whatever metaphor and analogy we want to use. But like Bruce Wayne, the death of his parents 
at the hands of another human being. It would be so easy to take our defining moments and allow them to make us bitter and angry. We could even allow them to make us question God. And actually, you know what? That's, that's okay. All those things are okay. Far too often in faith communities and from pastors or preachers, we hear, oh, you better not be mad at God. You better not question God. No. We can, actually. We can question. We can wonder why. We can have some anger. I always go back to the fact that Jesus did in the garden before his crucifixion. He was not just going, oh, yes, this is exactly what I was hoping for. He cries out to God. He's like, have you left me? Really? This is it for me? If there's any other way, if there's any other way that any of this cannot be my defining moment, I will ask that you take it from me. But yet, hours later, his defining moment happened. We get to decide. We really do. And we don't like hearing that. I can always tell when, when I'm in a, in a pastoral counseling situation and, and I know that I've probably just pushed the envelope just a little bit too much and too far when we're sitting there and, and we're talking about life and, and life circumstances and the challenges that we face. And at some point I say, okay, so where do you go from here? Because you can't just stay right here. We never get to stay right here in the middle of a defining moment. It never stays the same. We make conscious choices that impact us on how we handle it. Are we going to move forward or are we going to go back? Are we going to allow it to shape us and push us to a greater ideal? Hopefully one that looks a lot like the one that Jesus showed us. One of love and not hate. One of peace and not one of unrest. And eventually one of acceptance and grace. And not a place of denial and eternal questioning. When I get to that place and I say, okay, so where are we going? If they clam up, I know, okay, probably, you know, just went just one little step too far. But that's why you pay me. It isn't easy. It, is, it isn't easy ever to look at defining moments and think, Oh, yay. I was so hoping this would be my reality. But we have this beautiful example. Actually, we have two. Of this fictional character that takes that defining moment and uses it for good. And then we have this beautiful picture of this person with this ideal. This ideal of love and acceptance of all of humanity. 
I want us to think about that for just a few seconds. So Jesus has this ideal of love, yet we have this whole Old Testament Hebrew scriptures, and there's 630 plus rules, and and later this fall we're going to talk about the top 10, the 10 commandments, and and what do we do with those? But and, And sometimes when we get to the place where we're interpreting scripture, we wonder, okay, so how can we say that this is okay and this is not okay? And, and in the middle of our denomination right now is United Methodist getting ready for annual conference in a few weeks and then general conference next year. Uh, interpretation of scripture is actually a very big thing. So I'm telling you this so that you're equipped to have conversations with people in your midst if and when they question you about your faith and how you understand things in in light of Jesus. So we have this, this Old Testament. There's some crazy, messed up laws in there that if we were to follow them, we would live the most bizarre lives ever. A few people have actually tried it. They've written books about it. It's fascinating. Like you can't wear clothing that's of more than one fiber and and there's all kinds of rules and regulations about it and we ask this question so what do we do with that do we say that that scripture that scripture part is not sacred and the answer is no we we do exactly what Jesus did and we look at it and we interpret it in the eyes of love because like Bruce Wayne and how he teaches us this ideal that we are called to believe in, the bottom line is love. Love, love, love God. Love one another. Love ourselves. That's the end game. And then we're called to live out of that love regardless of what our defining moment is. And sometimes that's really hard. But if we do it, If we choose to live this life of love, in love with love, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of our moments, we will find that in that we are fully alive. Jesus did it by loving the people that didn't know they were lovable. The people that the religious leaders scorned or people wouldn't touch because they had a disease. People that had been walked by for so many years and just ignored. People that were hungry. People that did things that were less than ideal in their lives and they had some baggage in their history. Or people that did not so great things with their professions and their lives. Jesus loved them all. Absolutely unabashedly. So he had this ideal of love, and that's how he took all those laws of the Hebrew Scripture and what we know of as the Old Testament. He weighed those laws against the eyes of love, the eyes of God. And if they made sense, he did them. And if they didn't, he didn't. He always erred on the side of loving people. And when we are in the middle of our defining moments, they don't just impact us. They impact everybody else around us too. And that's why we're called. If we want to make it through that defining moment and let it shape us and create us into being more loving and life-receiving and life-giving, we have to let them impact us, not in a negative way, 
Sure, we can hold our anger and our questions, our disgust. And we can sit in that and be in that, but only for a season. And then it comes time to move on. Bruce Wayne did. Jesus did. And we can. Annual conference, you heard me reference Methodism and our denomination. We have this yearly preacher meeting. It's in uh, just a week and a half, actually. Uh, It's coming sooner than I thought it was. And I'm a part of the worship committee. And the theme this year is trust and obey. So we have this opening worship service and steward auditoriums packed and And we have this opportunity to create a worship service as a worship team that conveys this message of trust and obey. Trusting that God is with us in our defining moments and obeying the commands of God when we find ourselves in the middle of those. We wanted to open worship in a powerful and meaningful way. So we identified a couple of different people across our annual conference that have had some defining moment stories. And I got the privilege of interviewing them and and videoing them. A few weeks ago, I sat across from a young couple. He actually used to be the pastor at First Methodist Troutman, and now he is down near Belmont and Mount Holly. They had a baby Not even a year ago. Hannah Faith. I got to hear their story about their defining moment, which started during Kelly's pregnancy. They were told there was an abnormality, a chromosomal issue. The sonograms started showing big problems. There were hard conversations about terminating the pregnancy. Mike and Kelly chose not to do that. Many doctors said she will never be born alive. Yet they chose to continue that path. Hannah Faith was born breathing on her own. And for a few days, Mike and Kelly had this beautiful picture of a new life. And then a few days in, the issues started. Over Christmas, she ended up having three major surgeries. There were intestinal issues. She couldn't absorb food. For 152 days, Mike and Kelly and Mia lived this reality. I can't imagine what that would be like. I've had some defining moments in my life, but I can't imagine that one. And I'm not sure how. A short while after, I'd be able to sit across from another pastor And on video say, God held me through the storm 
and we know that we're going to be okay. I asked them what it felt like to be on the other side of the storm. That was just one of the questions that we as a worship team decided that we were going to ask everybody that we interviewed. When I asked them, they said, we don't know because we're not. And then they said, I'm not sure I ever will. We don't know if we'll ever feel like we're on the other side of this storm. But what we do know, and what we hold on to, so this is their defining moment. What they held on to and hold on to today are the prayers of their friends and the churches that they've served, their loved ones, and just this innate sense of peace, that they're not alone and that there is no situation that is ever going to be too great. Scripture is such a beautiful thing. So I want to close with this this morning. I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The psalmist David writes, He won't let your foot be moved. He who keeps you, God who keeps you, never slumbers, never goes to sleep. God who keeps the people Israel never slumbers nor sleeps. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day and the moon will By night, God will keep you from all evil. God will keep your life. God will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. What do we want to do with our defining moments in our lives? Sure, Bruce Wayne did some powerful things. But our ideal is Jesus. May we hold on to his power and his love. Let us pray. Gracious God, you are the one who shows us how to take our defining moments and how to know that we are never alone and you never slumber. And regardless of how it feels like evil is around us and trying to work at us and in us, you give us the ability to let our ideal be love, which then breathes in us this perfect peace. Thank you for being such an amazing and generous God. We are grateful for you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So thank you for being here today. Spoiler alert, the clip that was from the Batman movie, it was from The Dark Knight Rises. Now I have no idea, there's like a trilogy, I have no clue which one that is in the trilogy, but there is, you know, that that title gives us just a little bit of an idea of what happens. We also have a big idea of something that happened that defines all of history.
our Savior does live. And regardless of how dark or defining our defining moments may seem, we can always hold on to that promise and that hope that breathes life in us and life eternal and just this amazing peace. May we go conquer our defining moments. And may they not define us, but we define them with great love, great humility, and great peace. Amen.